You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we've been uh, in a series in the month of December celebrating Christmas, and uh, I think that that's something that we should do. We should, uh, as, as Tim said, we should come in joyful because we're celebrating for this month the birth of the Savior of mankind. And so that should promote an excitement. We talked about how we, we celebrate the joy of, of God and, and the joy of Christ at Christmas and, and uh, joy to the world, right? And, and, and it's not to some people in the world, it's to every person in the world that we can have joy because of, of Christ. And then also the hope of Christ, we celebrated that. And we learned that the, that the hope that comes through Jesus is good hope, not bad hope, but it's good hope. And so we can share that with, with people all around us. And then we learned about the peace uh, that, that comes through the, the, the Christ child. Now, here's a crazy thing. And there, there's always wonderful, crazy things happening with God. Amen? Uh, I received a phone call yesterday, or someone uh, relayed a message from a phone call. And this lady that started coming to the church, and she lost her husband in the last year. And she said, uh, I want you to tell Pastor James that uh, after that message on peace, uh, this week is the first time that I have sensed peace since my husband died. And here's what I know for sure, that the peace of God is real. And the peace of Jesus is very real. And so it's something that we should be celebrating. If we're not walking in the, in the peace of God, we should definitely uh, uh, grab a hold of what Jesus has to offer for us and, and, then, uh, and celebrate that. And today we're going to be talking about light uh, and how important it is for us to celebrate the light of Christ. Um, how many of you in here... Are, are afraid of the dark. Let's do, the, let's do it a different way. I want everybody to bow your heads. <laughs> Close your eyes. How many of you in here are scared of the dark? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. And God sees that hand as well. That's a joke, by the way. Um, m- many of us are, are, are afraid of the dark, right? And, and for, for good reason. The dark is a place that you cannot see anything. Um, And you're either, mankind has been plagued with two fears. I mean, there's a lot of different phobias, a lot of different fears, but there's two great fears that man has always had. The fear of the deep, the ocean has has always brought a great fear to people to think, if I get, if I go a hundred yards into the ocean, what is going to be there to get me? (laughs) They just showed a, a recent, uh, I was watching a documentary, and they showed this, this creature that came out of, the, they, they found it come out of the sea. It was like a long snake. It was, it was different than an eel, like about 20 feet, and they found it on the shore, and this is a very rare creature. I'll tell you what, I would not want to face that creature if I was in the ocean, uh, and that's why I only go to about my knees right there. Uh, but, the, but the deep has always brought fear, but darkness has always uh, brought uh, fear, and I'm not an expert but I do know a little bit about darkness. I was an underground miner for, for uh, uh, you know, almost 15 years. And, and there's one thing that when you go underground, it's not only dark, 
It's dark. You can't see anything without, without light. And the only thing that you have is a lamp on your head. And, and you find out just how important that lamp is when you get to that place underground that there is no light. And I'll never forget, there were people that would go for the first time, you know, when they, you know, I want a job, miners make great money, they'd go to the employment office, they'd put on their application, they'd get hired, and then they'd get on the cage, on this elevator to go down, and they got to stand with 50 men, there's 100 people in, these, in this double-decker cage, and you're standing in front of these guys, and they're poking you in the sides, and they're doing things that there's other things I'm not going to say, and, and you're going down into this hole. Right? And it's not like this elevator ride the smooth. It's bouncing all over the place, and you're thinking, am I going to make it? Is this thing going to fall apart? And then you get to the station of the level you're going to be working, and I'll never forget the individuals for the first time that they would get there. And, and, and they, some of them would step off of the, of the cage and go onto the station and look at the big, deep hole that they're going into, and they would say, oh, no, take me back up. Beam me up, Scotty. And some of them won't just say no, they would say H-E double hockey sticks, no. Get me out of here. And so the darkness does a lot of crazy things to us. And I want for us to, to, to look at four reasons that we can celebrate the light of Christ. Just like I celebrated the light that was on my, on my uh, hard hat and as I worked underground, it, it, it was everything that I needed. It, it expelled the darkness. Wherever I needed to go, I would, I would, I would move my, my head to this area, and it would expel the darkness. And that's what Christ does. He expels the darkness in our life. And there was nothing. There was nothing like, like when you're coming up from underground, especially if you're alone. For many years, I, I, I have to go to different levels as a supervisor, and I check on my, my people, check on the men that were there. And I'll never forget, as, as you're coming up, you get kind of used to working underground, but there was something that was, uh, it never changed. As you're getting closer to the surface, you see light. And there was something that just, you felt, and some of you that were minors, you understand this, when you get to that uh, place of right before you get to the surface you can see that light begin to magnify around the cage and you can feel the air and you're like ah, I'm coming home and that's exactly who we are without without God in our life when when you find Christ and you find that light it's like you're coming home from the darkness so let's talk about four reasons that you need the light of Christ in your life. The first reason is exposure. To expose is to reveal something, right? To expose is maybe even to reveal a flaw in your life. Uh, the, the light of Christ reveals the real you. Not who you present to everybody, not who, who you are in front of, of your, your family, your friends, or the people that you're trying to impress. The light of Christ reveals who you are all the time, who you are when, when people aren't around you. Cindy Lauper sang a song, and I know she got it from Jesus. And she sang this song, you can sing it with me. I see your true colors shining through. Ain't that crazy? I see your true colors, and I don't know the rest of the song, so I can make it up. 
But none of us, none of us like to be exposed. None of us like to be exposed. None of us like to see the real, the real us most of the time. Uh, but it's the greatest thing that could ever happen to us. That's why Christ is so important, right? You know, I think about it like this. I, I think about it like exposure is illuminating something that has been in the dark or revealing a flaw. And I don't know about you, but I need Jesus. I need God to reveal all of my flaws in my life. Huh? You know, we live in a filter generation. We live in a filter generation. I mean, you, you don't do anything without filtering. I mean, uh, uh, ha, have you ever taken a selfie and, and, and then you edit it with a filter? Anyone in here? Again, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we, we don't want to expose our flaws. We don't want people to see the real us. Uh, for example, I always, I'm going to tell you a secret, I always brighten my pics. Not because I'm dark or anything, but because I want to be a little bit brighter, right? And so they've got these features where you're, where you're able to filter uh, uh, the things that maybe you don't like about, or the things that you see that, that you don't like. And, and what I've come to find out is I can filter all the selfies and all the pictures that people take, all that I want, but when you come into contact with me, when you see me face to face, this is who I am. Amen? I, I, can, I, can, uh, you know, I can suck in my, my, my gut for a time, but there has to be a time that I have I, I got to breathe. And then the real me is there. And I'm talking about the real me. But Jesus said something that's so important to us. And, and, and he talked about darkness and light. He talked about the contrast between darkness and light. And, 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 and he said this in, in John 3. He says, the baby that grew up, okay, the baby in the manger grew up. He says, this is the verdict. Okay, this is, this, is, this is the truth. He said, light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil or their deeds are evil or their flaws are comfortable. All right, think about it. And then he, he goes on and he says, everyone who does evil hates the light. Everyone who does evil will always filter who they really are. They don't want to be exposed. He goes on, and they will not come into the light because they fear that their deeds are going to be exposed. Wow. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. In other words, if you accept your flaws, if you accept who you are, if you let the light shine on you, you are going to walk in truth. And you begin to say, I am who I am, but God still loves who he made. Amen? He says, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The light of Christ exposes who we are without him, and it's either going to lead us, hear me now, hear me, it's either going to lead us to run to him or run from him. 
Those of you that worked underground, you know this. There were two, there were several kinds of, of uh, organisms and several uh, animals that would go down there besides man. And, but there was, a, there was a, an insect that dwelled and thrived underground, and they were roaches. And so you'd go to a lunch area, and when you'd shine the light on, yeah, it didn't bother us after a while. You'd go there, and when you put the light on, what would they do? They'd scatter because they hated the light. But there was another insect that would make its way underground. And they'd stay in the stations most of the time, and it was a moth. And sometimes you'd have a moth, you'd be working uh, at a place where you'd be coming off of the station, and that moth would be around your light. And that's how we are as people. We're either going to be like moth that will be drawn to the light and let the light illuminate who we are, or we're going to be like roaches that are going to be scattered whenever the light comes because they don't like the light. But the light is our friend. The light is our friend because the light reveals to us who we really are. God already knows who we are. And people that get close to us, they know who we are as well. And isn't it crazy that, think about it, whenever you get to know someone for, for, for the first time of your, of your relationship, don't you put on your filter for them? That's why when people are, 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 are getting ready to get married, I say, you need to understand who you're marrying. Not the filter, not, not the person that they put on in the beginning, but the person that they really are. And you need to love the person that they really are. With all the flaws, with all the, you know, the, the, the skin tags and all the, the moles. <laughs> right? The reality is that, that, that we all, we all need, we all need the light of Christ to expose who we are so that we can have his help to navigate through those things that we hate in our life because God loves every part of us. And there's some of you that are dealing with depression right now and, and you're dealing with maybe some, some kinds of, uh, of fears and, you're doing, and, and, and what you need to know is that Christ, he wants, to, he wants to shine his light in you and through you so that he can expel that darkness. The Apostle Paul, he wrote to the Ephesian church, they were infiltrated by all kinds of, 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 of sinful behavior. That city was, was there was su such immorality, there was such, uh, the, the lifestyles were, were just dishonoring to God and, and, and God's people. In fact, when, when they started coming to Christ, they would, uh, many of them brought their, their books of witchcraft and books, books of the occult and they took them to the city square and they burned them. They, they said, we want to, we want to renounce this lie and this deceit, and we want to come to the truth, which is Christ. And then Paul wrote this to them same people. He said, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In other words, you shouldn't live with these filters, right? He said, uh, in, the, in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding, and they're separating from the life of God because of the ignorance that is sin in them, because they have hardened their hearts. 
And so what happens when you don't let the light of Christ in your, in your life, it's very easy to harden your hearts. And some of you in here, you've hardened your hearts, and it's taking you away from the things that are so important to you in your life. You're missing out on your kids. You're missing out on your grandkids. You're missing out on the people that are important to you because you've got a hardened heart because you have not let the light of Christ reveal the flaws and for you to admit, this is who I am without God. This is who I am without Jesus. This is the real me. This is, this is me without a filter. And one of the greatest things that we can do in life is to identify our flaws. And you'll never be able to identify your flaw without the light. You make excuses. So one of the greatest things we can do in life is to identify our flaws and to take the necessary steps to fix them. And sometimes that flaw will not be fixed without God. You put a band-aid over it. You, do, you, do, you live this band-aid life. You live this filter life. You live this selfie life. Think about where the world is taking you to selfie. Everything's about self. You blame everybody about your, your problems and your, your situations. It's everybody else's fault. Can I tell you, there's a time that we have to let the light expose who we are. And take the necessary steps to let God fix them. If your flaw is lying, allow God to expose it. It's very easy. It's very easy to begin to say those little white lies and it becomes habitual. And before you know it, because you can lie with the little things, then you begin to lie with the big things. And sometimes you begin to believe your own lies. And it's a dark place. If your flaw is stealing, you, you need to let God expose it. You know, you take things that aren't yours. I mean, there was this person that was very dear to me. And, 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 I, and, I, and I found out that that person had a, had a habitual, uh, uh, uncurring uh, 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 flaw of, of taking things that was, was not theirs. And they, were, they didn't need it. But it, it, started, it starts somewhere, and some people, you, you, you begin to steal things. You begin to take things that aren't yours, and, and, and it's, it's, it's something that, 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 that the light has to reveal. And there may be even someone in here, because we think, well, that doesn't happen in, you know, it surely doesn't happen in first service, second service people. They probably steal, but not first. And we begin to do those things. And, and, and how about uh, if your struggle is, is the love of money? You know, you just, money, you think about money more than anything else, and more money. That's why God, let me tell you, everything belongs to God. That's why God, his whole, his whole heart for our heart is for us to be generous, because generosity will, will expel, that light will expel the love of money. And the love of money will destroy, it'll destroy us. It's a, consumer, it's a consumer mentality, where everything is about me, and I want more, I want more, I want more money. And you, and you want more money, and there's nothing wrong with money. Money is, is amoral. In other words, it, it can do, the, the same money that goes into an offering goes to the casino sometimes. It also goes to, that same $20 bill can go and pay for a prostitute. It can do, money doesn't care where you, where, you, where you take it. It doesn't care. But your heart is what's important. Amen? 
If it's overspending, you expose it. If it's pride, you allow God to expose it. You, you begin to, to understand that, that life is not only about you. That's what Jesus shows us. He, he humbled himself. He was God and he became man. And he humbled himself. He became like us. And he, and he served. Isn't that amazing? If it's an addiction, you expose it. You, you say, I have a, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with, you know, I'm struggling with eating too much. You know, you, you, your pants start telling you after a while, right? <laughs> either the, either the, the, um, the clothing uh, companies are lying or I'm lying. Because XL used to fit me really nice. It's, I, I agree, Ernie. Them demons... But the second reason that you need the light of Christ is disclosure. Okay, exposure is important. Disclosure is important. To disclose something literally means to make something, uh, to make something new or to make a secret known or to reveal a mystery. It's been disclosed. The way that I look at it is exposure reveals my flaws and disclosure illuminates how I'm going to fix them. And that's why I need the light of Christ. I need, the, I need the, the, the illumination of Jesus and the solution of Jesus into my darkened understanding. You see, before I came to, to God, I, I lived in a darkened state. I lived my life contrary to the things of God. And there, there, would, be, there would be no way for me to even navigate in that in a way that was going to honor God because I didn't even know how to honor God. And you may be in here and you don't even know how to honor God because you haven't allowed the light of Christ in your life. And so you're living your life on your own. Amen? Even underground, we never let a, a new hire go on his own in a dark place that he didn't know anything about. There's, there's places that you, can, you have to walk across that have a, a, a raise that goes 60 foot to the next level. You tell them, hey, there's this cable up here, and you have a, a, a lanyard, and you've got to hook yourself up and, uh, uh, because it may become a, uh, uh, the zip line ride if you're not careful. But I've learned over the years how freeing it is for the light of Christ to be disclosed on the things that he has exposed. Because Jesus said this. He said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. But that person will have the light of life. Man, if we hold on to this powerful truth, it'll change your life forever. If you, can, if you can leave here today saying, I want that. I need that. If you make room in the inn for Jesus, he'll shine his light in there and change you forever. The wise men came and they traveled distant lands to find the light. The foolish didn't make room for God in their hearts, for Emmanuel, for God with us. They didn't make room for him. 
And God is speaking to us and saying, I'm here through Jesus. Here are three quick things that, that uh, he has illuminated in my life, and I think he illuminates it in every person that walks with him. When Jesus comes into your life, he discloses God's security. How many of you are comfortable in your own skin? How many are you okay with who God made? How many of you can take a picture without a filter? Huh? I had a thought, but I'm not going to say it. I'll say it. Huh? Sometimes filters are good. But you got to be okay with who you are, amen? Because here's the thing is that when you really think about it, Christ becomes our filter. The Father doesn't see us anymore. He sees Christ in us. Isn't that amazing? And we get our security not because of our own performance, but because of Christ and what he performed on the cross for us. He was perfect, and yet he, was, he took the, 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 the penalty of a curse. Cursed is a man who dies on the cross, and he took that penalty for every one of us, though he didn't need it, so that he could become our filter. And when the Father sees us, he doesn't see us. He sees Christ in us. And it changes your understanding. Uh, uh, Paul again wrote to the Ephesians. He said this, The Father, he predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Now, when you adopt someone, you're actually saying, I want this son. I want this daughter. I'm, I'm making the choice. I mean, when it's biological through, you know, impregnation, you, I mean, you're stuck. You, you don't have the baby and say, well, not, not this one. Right? I wanted a girl, not a boy. I wanted, you know, are you sure they're done? You know? Do they need to go back in the oven for a little bit? <laughs> it says, Father, the Father predestined us to adoption of sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. That's Jesus. You're accepted. He, you have security in him. The second, the second thing he discloses, and this is wonderful, it's a light which discloses the glorious hope. And we talked about hope during this week, but I just think that there are so many people living a hopeless life. And hopelessness is a dark place. And many, many people have no to little positive expectations in their life. Hope is the expectation of something good. Did you know that? None of us hope for bad things. We hope for good things. Paul wrote this. I have become uh, the, the, the servant of the gospel. It's servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages, now notice that, hidden, now it's disclosed, right? Uh, hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
The light that illuminates the darkness, that, that dark place inside your soul, the dark place that you never let anyone in, now it's replaced by the light of Christ, which is the hope of glory. And you, beloved, have the glory of God in your heart through Jesus. And then the third one that I thought about that people really struggle with and they need this to be disclosed, it's a light which discloses the unconditional love of God. I lived in the world for for 25 years. My 26th year, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And what I know about the world is that every, every part of love is conditional. It's conditioned by performance, If you do right, I will love you. Amen? If it's conditioned by behavior, if you act right, I will love you. It's conditioned a lot of times by by sex. If you have sex with me, I will love you. There's two things that, that the church never talks about that the world doesn't stop talking about. Did you know that? There's two there's two themes. That the church never talks about, but the world talks, that's all they talk about. The first one's money. The world never, it does not struggle with, with talking about money. The second thing that it never stops talking about is what? Sex. And what you find is that um, when we, we, ha- we were conditioned by this, by, 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 by sex, uh, and if you have sex with me, I will love you. And, you know, I've always thought about this. It's a, it's a reality is that uh, men will tell women that they love them for sex. And women will have sex with men for them to love them. Conditioned. But here's the thing I want to talk about. This is so important. The beautiful design of sex through commitment and intimacy is distorted and it leads to brokenness and darkness. And so you have people, you have couples that are broken and they're living in dark places because they have not done sex God's way. And let me say this, sexual intimacy is good because it's from God. But the world has broken it. And so some of you in here, you're, you're, you're like, uh, yeah. That's where I've been broken by it. And, and so we get to this place where, where we need to, it to be fixed. And the only thing that's going to fix it is for the light of Christ to be disclosed in your life. I'm going to give you a secret, okay? That I had sex before Christ? Don't tell anybody. And I had sex after Christ. And when I let Christ and God come into the bedroom, he made it better. I'm going to do a series in February. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gearing up for a series that we're going to title Pure Sex, and we're going to talk about sexual intimacy from God's perspective because I think the church needs to start talking about things that people are talking about. And for us to get the perspective of God. And we'll, we'll talk about how, how God designed it. And starting the week after Super Bowl. What a great time to start it. <laughs> Super Bowl, Super God. Next series. Super Bowl, Super God, Super Sex. 
right? So you can already start to invite your friends and family and say, you know what, we're going to be talking about sex in February. If you want to, you know, if you want to know in church. But here, here's what we, we need to know. God's love is not conditional, right? And he, he illuminated this fact when he, when in John 3.16, and everyone knows John 3.16. You can say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that anyone or whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But I love the next verse because this is where the light comes, okay? This is where the unconditional love of God is just exclamation point. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In other words, he came to expose who we are and not condemn us, but to save us. Isn't God good? And, it, and it's, it's just, this is your takeaway. It's okay to have sex, okay? When you're married. Amen? Don't let it be conditional. If you love me, we're, we're, we're going to sleep together. We're going to have sex. No, if you love me, we're going to get married. Amen? Someone needs to hear that. The third reason you need the light of Christ is this, direction. So exposure, disclosure, direction. I was lost without Jesus in my life because without Jesus in my life, I lived in the dark. Not only did I work in the dark, I lived in the dark. The psalmist wrote this. He said, oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. You see, not only is Jesus a light to me, he's a light in me, and he's a light for me. And so if you're headed in the, in the wrong direction in your life, you need to turn on the light. There was a time in my life that, that my decisions were so off base. They were so, I was making decisions that were hurtful to people, hurtful to me, hurt my family, hurt my, my, my parents, because I was living in the dark and I needed the light of Christ to light my path. And since that time, I have made so many, so many better decisions in my life because God has directed my path. Amen? David said this. He said, your word, which is Jesus the word, your word is a lamp for my feet and it is a light for my path. And so if you, if you need direction, beloved, I, I was just driving with a, with, a, with a young person just up to the church this morning. We were talking about the path. He was saying, you know, we're, we're go I have this job situation. I'm dealing with these things. I said, think about the path. That never changes. you got to get on the right path. If you're going to live a life of integrity, you never get off of that path. Amen? He said, with the pressure I'm having, I'm, I'm think I, think I, have to, I think I have to lie about things. You know? I said, you never have to lie about anything. It starts small. You don't have to. You have to stay on the path of integrity. The fourth reason that you need the light of Christ, and I'm about ready to, to conclude right here. The fourth reason that you need the light of Christ is we need the, the, the light of energy. 
don't know about you, but I feel many times like if my gas tank is running out. Anyone feel that way? I mean, you just, you're just going and going and going and going and going, and people want so much. People want, you got your, your family that wants stuff. You got your work uh, that wants something. You got this and that. You, it's continuous. And so I thought about the sun, the S-U-N, and it is the, it is the greatest form of energy to the earth. Think about it, the sun. What does it do to the earth? Without the sun, we'll freeze. Without the sun, plants will die. Without the sun, you get depressed. Did you know that? It energizes us. Have you noticed that on a, on a rainy day, anyone ever had a rainy day in, in Arizona? It happens. But when a rainy day, what do you want to do? Take a nap. Read a book. Right? But when the sun comes up and springtime comes, what do you want to do? Go for a hike. Right? Or at least talk about it. <laughs> you see that hill right there? That's a nice hill. That's a nice trail. I will climb it one of these days. Not today. But no matter how hard we work, I can't reproduce the sun's energy. You thought about that? No matter how hard I try, I can't reproduce the sun's energy. God made it that way. God said, let there be light. And, and the, the, the light that you see at night, the moon, that's not even the moon producing light. That's a, that's a reflection of the sun. That's an illumination of, of what God has created. And it speaks to us volumes. Jesus said something. This is what I want you to leave with. Here's this baby in the manger, okay? And he's the light of the world. And then he speaks to his people, and he says something that's so important. And, and, and this is going to be your takeaway. This is going to be what we're going to really focus on for these Christmas services. He said this, you are the light of the world. Now think about it. He's, he just said, I am the light of the world, right? He said, you are the light of the world, and a town on a hill cannot be hidden because a light is going to be there. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Do you know why? Let me, let me give you guys some, some, an important thing. Do you know why we put lights on the ceiling? Everybody look up. Why do we put lights on the ceiling? Why don't we put them on the floor facing down? Let's change it next week. Let's just change it. We'll be in the dark, right? No one puts a light, you know, no one puts it under a stand. You put it, you put it on top, right? Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm convinced of this. This is, this is our takeaway, that my light is nothing without God's light. You see, Jesus is the light of the world so that we can be the light to the world. I'm not the light of the world. Jesus is. But because he is in me, there's an energy 
that's, that's produced in me that people say there's something different about you. There's, there's people that, that, that will actually call and say, you know what, that message that you said, it spoke to my heart. And you know what I can say to them? It's not my message. It's God's. You see, it's not you that's going to change your family. It's Christ that's going to change you to be able to change your family. Because you're filled, and my prayer is that you have said, Lord, I want you to fill me with your light. You are the light to your family. You are the light to your community. You are the light to the world. So those, those youth that took the, the blankets out, first of all, let me just thank everyone that brought blankets, over 100 blankets that were taken out to San Manuel, to the trailer park there. Those youth brought the warmth of Jesus. Those youth are not the warmth of Jesus. Amen? But they were a product They were used by God to produce the warmth of Christ in that neighborhood. It's the same with us, beloved. You need the light of Jesus in your life if you're going to be able to be the light of Jesus to your family and to those in need. So here's what I want us to do. Now I really want you to bow your heads. And I'm going to ask a simple question and a simple invite. The question is, do you have the light of God in your life? And the invite is I want to invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. No one can do that for you. God gives every person the privilege, the choice, the opportunity to receive him as Savior and Lord. And he came, beloved, to save you he came to lead you and to guide you he came to fill you with peace and love and grace and all of the masks and all of that is never going to change the fact that we need a savior so I'm going to give you an opportunity right now if you have not Receive Christ and that light in your, in your life. I want to give you that opportunity right now to do so. As I lead you in this prayer. Just pray this with me. Father, thank you for sending the true light into the world on that first Christmas day. And as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, I accept his light in my life so that I can reflect his light to the world around me. I choose today to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior and to follow him from this day forward and to follow him in the fellowship of his church 
That's not Living Word Chapel. That's, that, that's a part of the church. It's not a, a denomination. It's following him with God's people. And I make that choice today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you, everyone just keep your heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, this is so important because I just believe that God brought someone in here today so that you could take a hold of his hand and so that he could light your world and your path. If that's you today, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I've accepted Jesus as my Savior today. And we'll just trust him in that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Okay. It's a great day, amen? And the light of God is incredible for us. So what I'd love for you to do is just to celebrate the light, to invite someone to our service tomorrow, and let's fill this place with the love of God and let God do great things. Let's all stand up and worship the King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.